Goodbye, Elijah Schaefer. Mr. Reagan. All right, so Elijah Schaefer, you are leaving Los Angeles. Yeah, oh, I'm not just leaving Los Angeles. I'm leaving it with uh, what the month of June is, with pride. <laughs> you're leaving it with pride. You're, you're, you're leaving it with passion and enthusiasm. Mm-hmm, yeah, I mean, I don't mean to be sacrilege here, but, you know, I, I, when I think of Jesus on when he went to the cross... And he would carry the cross. He would sweat blood in the garden because he was sent here for one destiny. And that was to save mankind. I feel like God called me to leave Los Angeles. The whole reason you were born, the whole purpose of your existence is to leave LA. Yeah, I feel like God set me on fire. I feel like everything in my life, life. everything that has happened up until right now has been to get me to leave this damn city. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay, well, you should know that Elijah and I are good friends. He hosts a show called Slightly Offensive. If you're not subscribed to Slightly Offensive, an amazing show, seriously. Uh, and you signed on with, many years ago, well, uh, like maybe a year ago or two years ago. I don't know. Something, a while back. Uh, he signed with a big company called The Blaze. Uh, we're real good friends with The Blaze here on Mr. Reagan. We love uh, The Blaze, that network, and everybody involved, including Glenn Beck. I know there were a lot of people who who decided they didn't like Glenn Beck because Glenn Beck was a kind of anti-Trumper for a while. He was a never-Trumper. It's interesting because usually... I don't want to say never-Trumper because he did switch back. No, but he was a never-Trumper for a while. And I know it's never a good idea to talk about your boss on a network or on another show. But no, he was. And, you know, but here's the cool thing about being a a free thinker Mm -hmm. is on the Blaze, or I guess it's called Blaze TV now, they don't tell me what to think. So you don't have to particularly be pro-Trump to be on Blaze TV. Even though most people that are on there... I don't know anyone who isn't, is pretty much behind Trump. Right. Glenn, sure, it's like people always go, oh, well, Glenn was against Trump. It was like, well, it's a good thing that Trump was so good that eventually even Glenn and other people realized swayed. they were wrong. Yeah, yeah. So. With the majority of the world's workforce now working from home, VPN security is now preferred. Cyber spying is at an all-time high, and a useful tool you can use to protect yourself is a VPN or a virtual private network to scramble your computer's identity from nosy cyber criminals. Here, let me show you how easy it is to protect yourself. I'm going to go to virtualshield.com and I'm going to download the Virtual Shield free 30-day trial. Install it and click connect. Once you're connected, the IP address is now different than before. Virtual Shield is the easiest to use. It's got the fastest server connections and offers a money-back guarantee. Due to the recent pandemic of COVID-19, Virtual Shield wants to offer 50% off all VPN plans and all premium add-ons, including Protection Plus, Residential Access, and VIP performance plans for as low as a cup of coffee. Sign up for a free 30-day trial to Virtual Shield VPN and see what all the hype is about. You have nothing to lose. Well, I'll tell you what, I had my um, concerns about Donald Trump uh, when he was running, uh, you know, in the primary uh, in 2016. Well, the reason I had my concerns was because I wasn't sure if he was as far right as he now has proven to be. But here's the thing. I may have been right. I have a theory that Trump actually was much more moderate when he started campaigning. And because the left was so vicious and ruthless uh, with the reporting on him, um, he actually and, and, and the right conservatives were so uh, so embraced him that he actually shifted more to the right. And now he's sort of politically where he is today. 
I think, in, at least in part, because the media was so vicious. I think they kind of created Trump. Yeah, there's no such thing as far right, really, in, in mainstream politics. He, no. In the mainstream politics... It's it, just right. Yeah, really, yeah. I'm not, but I'm saying people said he was far right, and that was the funny part, is, yeah. I, you know, I, they call us California conservatives. That's why I joke, when people in, in the Midwest, people go, oh, Elijah's not really a conservative. I go, well, I'm not, you know... A, Texas conservative. Uh, that's why I call I'm not myself from Texas. Well, yeah. I call myself a centrist because I understand that even being right wing in California, specifically Los Angeles, like all you have to do to be right wing in Los Angeles is just not want people to give your kids hormones to change their gender. Like that's basically makes you right wing here. Or maybe you're maybe you don't want some other dude to have sex with your wife. And now you're not you're not open-minded enough to be considered progressive. That's really what it is. Like basically, if you're not insane, you're you're conservative here. So yeah, I knew I knew Trump wasn't that wasn't that right wing. I just knew that he was kind of a dick, mm-hmm. and he never really seemed to take any any answers of no from anyone. And if anyone was going to up uh, upturn the swamp, it was going to be him. Well, yeah. One thing that was very obvious was that he could not be bought. Right. That was something from the beginning that everybody was excited about. And, uh, you know, once he got the nomination, I was behind him. Obviously, you have to be uh, behind your Republican nomination. And I think most people did fall in line. Um, And Glenn Beck now is a big Trump supporter. I mean, you look at all his uh, big specials and he's doing a lot of great research. And, yeah, The Blaze is, is actually phenomenal. Subscribe to The Blaze. <laughs> Blaze. Actually, subscribe to blazetv.com slash slightly offensive. Specifically, using, yeah. using the code Elijah to get ten dollars off your year subscription. I'm supposed to say that everywhere I go. Okay, I did. Yeah, there you, you go. Say, yeah, go. Yeah, we got that <laughs> plug in. All right. So, but what is it now? I know that you have to go to Texas because you signed with the Blaze, and now you're kind of moving on up uh, with the Blaze. They're giving you a studio out there in Texas. I mean, you are you're doing well, my friend. Now, uh, so you have to go out there. You have to go out there to, to Texas. I don't have to know. I chose. You chose. I, I mean, have you a made studio in L.A. I, you know, I have okay, a studio here. Okay, the point here. I'm trying to say, make is that you had, a, you know, okay, what is the point I'm trying to make? <laughs> <laughs> what I'm trying to make is you had an incentive. You had an incentive to go to oh, Texas, right? Oh, heck yeah, right? yeah. Uh, but as you said, you're, you're doing this with a kind of passion. And wh- why? Why are you so enthusiastic to leave Los Angeles? Well, I, I really would recommend people to watch uh, a couple videos I made. Number one is Los Angeles has fallen. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I started making videos here and not just living in my apartment, uh, I think I think I realized I was I think I realized I, I've been numb to living in LA because I'm kind of in a bubble to where I've accept uh, if you watch the movie Mad Max, mm-hmm. uh, I've, I've like I live in the, like the town of bullets or of, of guzzling or whatever, and I don't realize I'm in a post-apocalyptic world. Mm-hmm. And when they when the evil bosses give me some water, I consider it a blessing yeah. rather than a, a natural uh, <laughs> something you should naturally have access to. Meaning in Los Angeles, what's considered normal is considered thorough world in most other countries and what's or, or most other places in, the, in this country well yeah. yeah I mean I mean yeah most other countries most other cities and also it's like you know even it even confuses me because I watched a documentary the other day by refinery 29 which is a propaganda house on YouTube that gets uh, boosted in the algorithms they were going homelessness is an epidemic in the country it's sweeping cities everywhere it's such a big problem in big cities this documentary takes place in Los Angeles well, yep. that's why I was thinking, well, homelessness, all these problems are such a big issue everywhere. Yep. Turns out they're really not. 
Yeah. It's really just a, the biggest issue here. Yeah. And they just always use this as the example of all other cities, but it's just exclusively here. Yeah, or uh, San Francisco, Seattle. San Portland. Francisco's not even as bad, though. Is that right? No, it's not that bad. They have a poop problem, a human they, feces, but I think it's like seventeen to 20,000. We're at like 60,000 here. Even wow. Portland, I've been in Portland a lot, Seattle. Now, you'll see a similarity between all these, all these cities, obviously. They're all run by the same party. Yeah. They're all under the same uh, policies, but... Realistically speaking, the problems, they go, oh yeah, yeah see, even you said, oh, it's in San Francisco. It is, but it's not like it is here. I said it just like that too, as a good imitation. No, yeah, but yeah, it's not <laughs> like it is here. Like, it, it's, it's one thing good to impression. say there's homeless people probably in every big city in America. Yeah. It's one thing to say that here, homelessness is a class of, of it, we, we have a caste system here. Where there's You're 100% the homeless right. and the non-homeless. You hear to hear for, first, folks. Uh, LA is the worst place for homelessness in the country. And I think you may be right. I mean, the worst part of it, and you know this because you're here in my apartment right now, is I live in kind of like ground zero. <laughs> Right? I mean, I'm right next to Skid Row. It smells Row. like piss outside your house. I'm not even joking. It smells really bad. <laughs> Absolutely Weed does. in the elevators and pee on the streets. I mean, I have a beautiful apartment. I have a beautiful view. I, I, I actually love this place. I love where I live. But I, it's very hard to walk out the front door of this apartment building. Right? Chris, you pay over $2,000 a month to live in a box in an in a earthquake zone. It's true. In like, it's a, true. A, ni- like 19 or 20 floors in the sky. Yes, this is very nice and yeah, I'm, yeah. it's a gift. Yeah. But in real, realistically to most well, people, my point you is live that in a box w- in an earthquake zone in the most vulnerable place you could and you pay. My point is that we very rarely walk outside. <laughs> we almost always uh, get in the car. We drive off to wherever it is we want to go. You and teleport to your here. car? We teleport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there is this thing called an elevator. Uh, the weed elevators. The weed elevators. That sounds like a rap album, right? Pee on the streets, weed in the elevators, or, or otherwise. Is that in a, yeah. is it? Weed on the streets, pee in the elevator? Yeah. Something. One of those two. It sounds like a hood, a hood, a hood album. Anyway, sorry. I'm just saying. That my point being is it is gross, right? It is absolutely disgusting. And the really weird thing is I think that there's pretty simple policies that could be enacted to fix, to fix it. But there is this kind of... I think that it's because of this um, intense compulsion to virtue signal amongst leftist politicians. That's my thought. Well, it's also just the aversion to logic, uh, as in, why is it legal to defecate in the streets? I mean, my gosh, you can't even, you can't even be less than six feet away in the city. You, you have to go out with a mask in public. But no, it, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it, it's ignorance in thinking that, you know, when you have a city and you have taxpayers and you do this and then you have, you have a concentrated area like Skid Row where you put all these resources and then we even watched this documentary uh, from the Refinery29, this a very recent one, saying, oh, one of the biggest issues with homelessness is there isn't enough um, programs for women. When I, the majority of homeless are actually men in Los right. Angeles and black right. men, actually. Right. right. So it's not even, they didn't even make it a racial issue. It's like they're saying one of the issues with our homelessness is we don't have enough female issues. As if bringing feminism into homelessness is just the last thing that we're missing in order to fix this problem. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Now, they got to come down here and just drive down the street once. And they'll see that that's obviously not true. I call it the zombie apocalypse. If you, go, if you want to know what the zombie apocalypse will look like, just drive through the downtown. And, uh, and you'll see. Really? <laughs> no, really. No, you know what? And some people are, are thinking now, is that's just my wife when she wakes up with no makeup on. And maybe that is a zombie apocalypse <laughs> for you. And I'm sorry that, that she didn't age well. And you're unhappy with your life, but love her anyway. And that's Eli- how you, Elijah's wife is that's, sitting that, right there, that, shaking her head. My wife's 24, Australian, and banging hot. I mean, <laughs> that is... That is 
That's I don't dream. have that issue. I don't have that issue yet. But yeah. if we stay here, I mean, that's what homelessness is, though. It's like it's like having an ugly wife, but it's like, well, you're already here. You've already been with her for so long, and you don't believe in divorce, so you don't leave her. And that's how Los Angeles is to most people. It's just, well, it's disgusting, and and it's really kind of a nuisance to be around. But I guess this is where I call home. And it, it's this level of apathy that people have here. Right. And that's what big cities do. It creates apathy. People don't care about life. They don't care mm-hmm. about their babies. They don't care about the homeless. And by God, they don't even care about themselves. Everyone's stoned. Everyone, it, it smells like weed and pee, which means we have homeless people and high people. Yeah, yeah. And I do think to some extent there is, that's influenced by uh, anonymity. You can have a sort of sense of anonymity in a big city. There's just so many people you don't even have to have any friends. You can just walk around and there's just people everywhere. There's no friends to have here, Chris. They're, they're, that's, that, well, <laughs> us. <laughs> We're well, good. Yeah, but like, look at you. What a sad... People watch this are like, oh, that sucks. He has to be friends with Chris. Because it's, like, it's like, this is how it's gotten this bad that we have to consider you a friend. But, I know. It's very, it's my, I'm so sorry. No, no. But, I mean, uh, but, but realistically speaking, we only were able to meet each other because we happened to be in the same industry. That's true. And so, and so we had the luxury of like... How many, uh, you know, center-right, right-wing YouTubers are there in Los Angeles? Not that many. Yeah. So it's like I met, I've met all of them. And even of them, not all of them are that great of people. Not no. to say their networks or names, but they're not yeah. that amazing. No, you, you have met all of them. And in fact, this is one thing that is unbelievably tragic for me, is that when Elijah leaves, let me tell you guys this. This is something <laughs> that the world needs to know. Elijah Schaefer throws literally the best parties in the world, okay? And he's moving to Dallas, Texas, and he's going to start throwing his fancy parties there, right? I wouldn't say they're fancy, but they're definitely fun. They're definitely fun. Listen, you know, I got in trouble with the last Halloween party that we had. Um, yeah. You know, we'll pack a bunch of people in these small apartments, but all my Christian friends think I'm like a heathen because I had people at my house and alcohol. But the best part is I go, actually... A lot of people at my parties don't drink because a lot of conservative people don't drink a lot of alcohol. Yeah, I don't alcohol. drink. So it yeah. looks like we have a ton of alcohol yeah. because nobody's drinking it. That's funny. <laughs> like, That's probably true. Yeah. But you, you have such cool people. I've met so many great people at your parties. Like every cool person I know in the Southern California area, it's all people I met at your parties. I like to meet people. Well, here's the thing. I think a lot of people don't like me, which is okay. But they'll come to my parties. <laughs> But also, but also, I'm going to say that I think that I've met the 42 conservatives here. Like that's I, true. Like There's I think 42 I know of them, us. and yeah. they're they're really cool people. But I think yeah. that's the frustration with living here is is the people that I know also too geographically. LA is so large mm-hmm. that like one good guy I know lives in Santa Monica, another good guy I know lives in you know it's Northridge, yeah. another person lives out in in Pasadena. And in, in normal times, this is like oh you know I'm moving to the Dallas area. My sister lives there. We're going to be 48, uh, about 48 minutes apart. Sorry, I'm going to put this on Senate. Not a big deal, just on someone's show. Not, uh, <laughs> but, 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 it's, but it's like, you know, then that distance is 48 minutes that in Texas is three hours here yeah, in, in, in a normal day of traffic. So I can't have friends. You can't have friends. Yeah, because so, it's hard to so travel. So we connect with random hour. people on the internet as if they as if they care about us. It's true. You know, I don't. I just don't have a ton of friends in LA. But the friends that I do have, I never see. I talk to them on the phone, which is crazy. Like, who? who? 
You want me to name my friends? They, <laughs> yeah, I don't believe I don't think they me. want to be associated with this show. <laughs> no, I just didn't say. Chris is making up that he has friends. You guys, oh. you know what happened? You know why people make YouTube channels? Because there's something's wrong with them, and they don't they don't have like normal normal people no, skills. No, that's why that's why people become psychiatrists. <laughs> they want to fix their problems. Real quick, so you were born and raised in LA. Or the LA area. I was born and raised in this area. I was technically yeah. born in Anaheim. I was born and raised here. I'll tell you this. Of all the people that I know, I know less people that were not molested than people that were molested. Wow. Uh, growing up. I'm not, yeah. not a joke. And I find that out more and more as I get older that like there's less people I know from my childhood who weren't violated as a child than were. That's, that's the norm here. Uh, on top of that, like on top of that, I, I, uh, I didn't know that so many people were mentally ill that I didn't realize like 10 to 20% of my church is seriously mentally ill. And it's just become a part of it. I, I, with homelessness, I thought it was normal for people just to be camping outside of, of where you're at, et cetera. I mean, when you go through this, I didn't know that life wasn't like this in other places right. because I was born here. Yeah, and I think that oftentimes people excuse LA or they excuse these places with these serious problems because the thought is, well, it's a big city, you know. In London, uh, Sadiq Khan, the mayor, said, well, terrorism is just part and parcel of living in a big city. What? It doesn't have to be. You can actually deal with it as a politician, try to protect your people. You can deal with the homeless problem, try to get those people out. But, but you, as somebody who grew up here, who I presume to some degree loves this place as a matter of, uh, you know, it being your home, you are now very enthusiastic about leaving this place. And I think that says a lot. I never thought I would leave. I'm yeah. telling you, Chris, I never thought I would leave. I'm a city boy. Uh, you know, since getting, you know, especially getting married, but since coming to know, know God and, and stuff, obviously, like the promiscuity and all those kinds of things that maybe I more like idolized when I was a teenager and stuff mm-hmm. and club life, maybe I've toned down. But I here what I've noticed is the problems are getting worse. The problems yeah. are so bad. And what made me leave is when I was living in Hollywood, just last year, and they wouldn't, there's a meth addict who would scream at night outside my house, and they made a home outside of my apartment, and the police wouldn't remove them because there's a vacate order where they had 30 days to leave, and so I had to live with a meth addict, like, screaming and bonfights outside my window, paying 2,500 bucks a month to live there, so that goes, they're not going to do anything about it, so I am, and if the the policies won't change, then the place where I live has to change, I've got to leave. You're leaving, Grace is leaving, she's moving out of Southern California, there's a lot of people I know that are leaving right now, and we're thinking about it as well. So, and I'll see you I, in I think Texas. Di- didn't, yeah, I know. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> you know, Joe Biden should become a YouTuber. He's got serious. Me- Speaking of Joe Biden, can yeah. we just bring this up for a second? Hey, so can we can I bring that up real quick? <laughs> yeah. I want to ask you about Joe Biden. What are your <laughs> thoughts on Joe Biden? Um, I'm not joking when I say something is wrong with his mental condition. Well, yeah, I think that's pretty obvious. No, but you know, it's it's not because. You know, Joe Biden is like the Jeffrey Epstein or, uh, you know, like of of mental health. It's like you have this predator in the middle of you around girls and you go, this guy's been prosecuted for uh, assault. He's been here and there. And you go, why are people still letting Epstein around young girls? What's going on? Is nobody just going to like arrest this guy? It's like like, the emperor's new clothes. Yes. Until the little boy yells, 
Joe Biden has a mental problem. Uh, you know, nobody's ex- admitting it, at least on the left. Does he have to be carted off in a wheelchair for us to accept it? The poor guy can't get his live streaming working in his basement, right. okay? He, he's, he can't get it working, which is ironic because mm. the, the director of product placement for YouTube said, oh, we don't trust the opinion of people giving their political opinion in basements. Meanwhile, Joe Biden is he's literally in his basement, in his basement <laughs> giving a, giving a, a broadcast. But <clears throat> no, I mean, how many more gaffes, how many more times can he say 85,000 you know, jobs have been lost in millions and yeah, millions of lives. How many times can he just be completely disoriented live? He, remember, they even had a pre-recorded story recently um, where he was actually pre-recorded. Like he knew his questions ahead of time. He had his answers scripted on a teleprompter, messed it up. Right. And he also was answering a pre-recorded message. Yeah. And he spoke to the guy after the guy said we have like a pre-recorded message. The guy, it's, it's elder <laughs> abuse. <laughs> It is elder abuse. It is elder abuse. I actually made a video about how I don't think that the sexual assault allegations are going to make a huge impact because what's really going to make the biggest impact is just them seeing him on the debate stage against Trump. They're going to cancel. It's part of the CV crisis here. That's the new. Gonna, well, I don't remember who, so, who who was it that that put that out there. Was that uh, well? That's what the Democrats Tim are Poole trying to something? do. Tim Pool. I don't remember who no, put it Democrats, out. No, the Democrats. That's what they want. Mail and voting. They want to. They want to do everything they can because they can't win this election. It might have been so, you. I might have watched you. But somebody made a made the point that uh, they can see what's going to happen already, which is that Joe Biden's going to say something like, "I'm not going to normalize Trump by getting onto a debate stage with him." Or they might say, you know, a debate would be too risky because you have too many people involved and somebody could catch the coronavirus or something. The, the theory is that there will be excuses made so that they will not have to debate because they know how bad that's going to be. They think he's going to die. That's why they're choosing Stacey Abrams. I mean, we don't know yet, but like I, Stacey, I saw, I that. saw that thing. And do you read the Washington Post? Oh, where her and her superhero, Kate, man, yes. you're overweight. I don't know how strong your superpowers are, but they better be pretty damn strong to get you off the ground. Have you you're heard, when I saw that picture, <laughs> do you remember this from the 80s? I mean, you're a little bit younger than me, but in the, in the 80s and the 90s, there was this expression that we used to say as children, large and in charge. This is like a very popular thing when I was a kid. As And it was kind of a way to make fun of fat people, which is kind of messed up, but that's how I, that's the, those, those are the words that came into my head when I saw that picture of her. I just thought she is a woman who's, she's a big broad and she's going to bring it. Like that's, that's Aunt what Jemima she's trying to say with that photo, you know. And Jemima ate her own pancakes. And don't even go with all those racist <laughs> comments. It's <laughs> not, I don't care that she's black or, or a woman or that she's fat. I just realized that a fat. She does look like a <laughs> I mean, look. Look, she's a loser. I, and she's, she is she's a, loser. a sore loser. She is a loser. She, she's, she's a sore she loser. Did literally a loser. And it's like, and, and, the, and the left is always making fun of the fact that Trump, you know, eats uh, McDonald's. When it comes down to it, though, she is, she's, she's, she's not somebody who knows how to win. And the left loves to make icons out of these kinds of people. Yeah. They take people and they it make is them weird. like martyrs. It's weird. Like she's some sort of genius. When in reality, she can't even control how much food she eats. They have. A, I'm not they, being rude, but it's yeah. true. It's like the woman's fat. They they have a narrative that that the election was like she was robbed somehow, right? Which doesn't make any sense. There's no evidence to support that at all. But they but it's great for them because they can turn her into a victim, which is what the left does. Yeah, a black female victim. We love yeah. those. Did you see the thing about Gretchen Whitmer where they had some kind of protest outside the Capitol? And Hillary Clinton just like retweeted this and was like, when, when uh, armed men disrupt uh, the proceedings of a you know, state government or something like that, that's called terrorism. 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 That's what she wrote. Terrorism. And I'm reading that and I'm thinking, and did you see the picture that they used for that article? You know, I could tell you're more active on Twitter now. When we used to talk last time, we talked about a year ago. 
I don't think you were on, as active on Twitter. No, I wasn't and, on Twitter. And at all. it's like I feel like you're one of those one of those uh, adults now who tell the kids like I'm up with the memes, you know, like because you now know, you know, they're like, hey kids, got any fresh memes? And you go, oh, that's cool. That's an adult who's trying to teenage. That's <laughs> exactly you, how I talk. No. I am I am forty, ladies and <laughs> gentlemen. You, but no, but but you got in on the Twitter, and I can tell because I can tell when I'm talking with someone. I got in on the Twitter, yeah, and I'm can the tell old man. On Twitter because they, they know all of the, the stuff in the yeah. conversation that's going yeah. on right now, yeah, and those sure. are the Twitter people. And this is like. You used to be just big picture guy, and now you've, you're down with the memes, man. I am down with the memes. <laughs> well, I, I'm hip. I'm with it. Uh, <laughs> you are hip to be square, man. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it, Hillary was like, oh, this is, this, is, uh, this is a terrorism. This is terrorism. And if you look at the photo, if you zoom in, it looks like there's three guys with guns. But if you zoom in, it's two guys with guns and one guy with an umbrella. <laughs> Yeah, the most the scariest picture they can come Antifa, up with. Atifa uses umbrellas to bash people. Do they actually yeah. use umbrellas? They, they, I don't they, think this guy was using it as a weapon. <laughs> yeah, domestic terrorism. Oh, exercising your right makes you a domestic terrorist. The, the government, Whitmer is, and these governors are going like, oh, these people are terrorists. They're coming against us. No, they didn't come out no. of their house after getting a haircut, right. bringing right. us, you know, in their terms. Right. Uh, whatever this means, an assault rifle to your, you know, to, to your legislator, and then just go like, oh, "F you, Whitmer." That yeah. would be domestic yeah. terrorism. Yeah, if, if they went, yes. if they went, sign this, uh, you know, thing in the law that I declare, you know, or, or yeah, don't or I'm do this, kill you. Yeah, and or I'm going to no, kill you, you. You took away their livelihoods. You shut down their, their liberties. You trampled on the Constitution, yeah. and now you're wondering why they're flexing, showing you just, hey. They're not saying we're going to attack you. Yeah. They're saying if you continue to assault on us, we're ready to defend ourselves right. if it got to that point. Yeah, they That's have, different. They, they're exercising their constitutional rights. Right, but we will, we will defend ourselves a, if we had to. Right. They're not yeah. saying we're going to attack you. Right, right. That's a whole different narrative. Well, they, they're mischaracterizing it intentionally to make the conservatives look like the bad guys and the Democrats look like the victims, the poor victims, because it's all about this narrative that we're the good guys, they're the bad guys, vote for us. We're the soft, kind, gentle victims. I hate them. And they're the... Yeah, I hate no. them so much. Because it's, it's all a lie. I mean, and they know it's a lie, but they don't care because they're all about branding. I always say this. It's a very simple thing to tell the truth. You just tell the truth. That's it, right? Conservatives, I think, throughout time have just told the truth. So we're not very good at marketing our ideas because we haven't had to sit they, there and figure out how do I right. convince people of this? Leftists have, for decades, been like, okay... We're going to lie to the people. How do we convince them? And if decade after decade after decade, you're having to develop these ways of manipulating the public, you're going to be very, very good at that. So whereas mm. I, think, I think conservatives tend to think like, well, why, why should we try to figure out a way to manipulate the public? We're just telling them the truth. That should be enough. But it really isn't. Conservatives need to figure out how to market our ideas better because Democrats are really good at it because they've been lying for so long. That's my theory. No, I, that's, a, that's a very reasonable theory. And I think that that's why the left got so mad about independent media. Right. Because we started creatively marketing our ideas in ways right. that weren't in newsrooms. They weren't, the, you know, Dennis Prager in a suit by a fire going, welcome yeah. to my fireside chat, which are pretty damn good, by the way. Yeah. And I have no problem with... with We're able with to explain our ideas people. in a way that's far more compelling than traditional us, conservative... It, exactly. Because like, we're doing exactly what they've been doing 
and they're like, We're well, you're not allowed to use that trick. That's our trick alone. Yeah, you can't make a you can't make an entertaining video out on the field and, and also tell the truth. Or you can't you yeah. can't make a comedy show like a late night show and make fun of our stuff right. and, and our ideas. How we dare you be compelling of, and funny and interesting? Yeah, and make that's and, our and, thing. And laugh yeah. at you know two spirit gender identities. Only we can laugh at all of your stuff in your churches and your Christianity and you know your yeah. your celibacy and, and these kind of things. Only we can only we can laugh at you. Yeah. And then that's why they just censor us the hell out of us because they don't want us to exist because we are a bit of a wrench in the midst of their plan yeah. to completely take over the world. Yeah. Well, yeah, at least culturally speaking. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you win the culture, you win the country. Yeah, yeah. Got one more question for you. So tell me about your experiences with William H. Macy. Um, Well, you know, this is an interesting thing. So, William H. Macy, who's... What's that show on HBO? Or he's on Showtime, right? He's on Showtime, yeah. I don't remember what it's called. Anybody remember the show? (laughs) Nobody Nobody gives a damn. Uh, But, you know, William H. Macy, okay. I used to run a a photography and photo booth company, and I'm going to avoid all uh, names here to not implicate anybody on anything, but... Mm -hmm. You know, I, I started getting hired by a lot of people working in a lot of places. And, shameless. Uh, shameless. Yeah, shameless. Okay, so, so William H. Macy is from Shameless. And I used to run this uh, photography company and photo booth company before they were like really proliferating. Because um, I have a little bit of a, a design ability, technology ability since I was young. So I was just getting into college and wanted to start my own company. Started doing really well. Within the first six months, we'd already booked 300 events. That's pretty good. Um, you were an event photographer. No, I did studio stuff too. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I'm pretty good. I'm really good with studio stuff, actually. I was doing cataloging for this one company. You know, moving along, it was like, I remember I got like an invitation to uh, come to this guy's house, but I wasn't given much information. And it turned <laughs> out, like, I remember like I was sitting there and I'm like, there. And it turns out I'm, I'm in this room talking with this guy. I'm going, I recognize this guy. Well, it turns out it was William H. Macy and it's his house. And we talked and um, somehow somebody told him I was Mormon. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a Mormon. I, I, I'm, I mean, I know a lot of great Mormon people. I'm not down with Mormonism. I think it's, I think it's a cult, personally. I, 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 don't, I don't think Joseph Smith was divine at all. Um, but I, Mormon people are nicer than, than Christian people, in my, yeah, in my opinion. Yeah. I've got great Mormon friends. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I, the Mormon people I know are the yeah. nicest people. You just can't get a good cup of coffee in their house, and that sucks. <laughs> but, 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 I mean, but the Mormons are cool, uh, you know, for the most part. Been through a lot of persecution. I'll, I don't mind being identified as a Mormon for some guy's party. Um, but then they started like, inviting me back regularly. And I came back like, like a few times. Uh, quite a few times, actually. And apparently, like, he just was saying, that, like, the nannies and stuff. So they're like, oh, yeah, like, as a Mormon, you know, you're a good, nice guy. Feel safe around my kids and different things. And I was realizing, like, when I was thinking, oh, like, I'm a Mormon. I'm safe around their kids. I'm realizing, oh, we're in Hollywood. Um, you have to worry about people yes. actually touching your kids. Yeah. Because that's, in L.A., uh, people like I mean I've I've talked about it on shows before. Someone when I was a kid tried to bring me into like a sex ring when I was a kid. Because like you were raised in California, in, L- in, L- in L.A. In LA. Somebody tried to bring me into one of those. My brother, my 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 adopted brother too. We didn't we didn't get involved in it. So don't don't get that mistaken. We weren't involved in anything. But when we were kids, we hung around people that wanted to get us into clubs and different things. When I was younger, and when I realized all of a sudden these were very bad men in Hollywood and stuff mm. like that. And, and LA is prolific for this kind of stuff. And so it's like, most people are like, oh, I got to invite a, uh, a um, what's that thing called? A, 
a photo booth person who has a nice photo booth. But in LA, you have to make sure they also, um, while setting up their photo booth, aren't going to also touch your kids. Right. I'm not even joking. And in Hollywood, right? Yeah. This is in this is not off of Mulholland Drive. He lives up in the Hollywood Hills. Um, but you know, we had some fun, and I remember people would go to my my page and be like, "Why is William H Macy on the front of your website?" And I'm like, "William H, I would say hey, William H Macy loves this photo booth, and he would love it, and he would come, he want me to come early, and he would have these weird props, and he would take like very weird pictures with like a hand, and he would do these, and he would want extra copies, and he would ask me if yeah. he's posing well, and I, not that he knows anything really about me, and he ended up inviting me to his birthday party to take pictures. So, so you, before being yeah. before being a YouTube star, you were a photographer to the stars. No, yeah, I, I, I did I did photo booths at the Academy Awards. Yeah. I went pee with Chris That's Evans. That's amazing. Um, I spilled That's a drink crazy. on Russell Crowe. I ran, ran into him. These are these are real stories. Um, All because I, you were not a pedophile. Yeah, Black Entertainment Awards. I did BET Awards. Look at this guy. I'm a hood. Yeah. Yeah, but I did Grammys, Black Entertainment Awards. I've uh, said hi to Steven Spielberg in person. That's great. That's I mean, cool. this doesn't matter. Cool. It doesn't like. It's like what you've said hi to pedophiles. Cool, but I don't know if he has. That's no, no. Whoa, hey, no, no. hey, hey, hey. But not him. Not him. Not him. Steven Spielberg's no, great. Not him. But like the people. There's yeah, a lot yeah, of them sure, out there. Sure, sure. Um, but I even saw Harvey Weinstein uh, yeah. in person. So wow. that's interesting. That's exciting. That's yeah. a real. Pe- that's a real that's a real predator right there. Well, you know, that's a great thing to know about William H. Macy. You know he's at least probably a good guy. William H. Macy's a good guy. Okay, William you H. Macy's here. a good guy. You nice heard guy. it here. Nice guy. And he's like, guy. he's got pictures of his family all over his house. Nice married guy. I don't want to get into where he, exactly where he lives and everything. But, you know, seems to be a loving wife. Really, really loves his kids. Yeah. I don't know his personal life, but he yeah. seemed to be a very And we don't know his guy. politics. You know, could be a raging leftist. I but think it he's doesn't a raging matter. leftist. He's yeah. a raging leftist, yeah, but a but, good man. But good he man. loves his family. He loves his family. Good family man. Okay, we like you, William H. Macy, even <laughs> if you hate us. <laughs> hey, and also, if you ever become a celebrity in Los Angeles and you want to run a party, vet them to make sure that while also having a good time at your at your party, they're helping create a good time for your kids, but in a way that's legal and doesn't destroy their psyche for the rest of their life. By the way, there are some, there are quite a few conservatives out here. Valeria, you know, she's worked on some big projects and a pretty important person in Hollywood uh, wrote her one day on Facebook, hello, Mrs. Reagan. And she was like, what? Like, how does this guy know who I'm with? You know, and, and she writes back, like, how do you know this? And they're like, not everybody in L.A., you know, is like a raging leftist. Like, some of us like your husband's show or whatever. That's yeah. good to know. People do. Yeah. Actually, people do. If you'd be smart, do you, know, do you know who just followed me? Which I probably won't surprise your audience, but like, it's like Jenna Jameson just followed me. Yeah, yeah, I know her. I, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's, but like, there's, she's I, famous I, on Twitter. She's a big Twitter person. Yeah, but she's also an ex, like, major porn star. <laughs> um, and it's like, and it's like, but all, all these blue check marks, like, uh, um, do you know um, one of the biggest rock stars sons in history that's also big very big with like hundreds of thousands millions of followers is like a big fan of the show that's too. awesome all that's these awesome. people that you would think are not conservative yeah. are not this yeah no totally have, yeah. he's a satanist too yeah. he's anti-jesus and he likes my show yeah that is funny well maybe you can uh flip him all right everybody uh subscribe to slightly offensive on youtube subscribe to the blaze and thank you elijah schaefer of course thank you for having me on in your uh, multi-million uh, dollar valued box and the earthquake <laughs> zone. <laughs> and remember, it's not that our liberal friends are ignorant, it's just that they know so much that isn't so. Good night. All right, I'm going to cut this. Yeah.
Those who would trade our freedom for the soup kitchen of the welfare state have told us they have a utopian solution of peace without victory. They call their policy accommodation. This is the issue of this election. Whether we believe in our capacity for self-government or whether we abandon the American Revolution and confess that a little intellectual elite in a far distant capital can plan our lives for us better than we can plan them ourselves.